0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Twelve I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and um, needless to say, it's been an interesting last couple of days in the world um, It's been kind of frustrating last couple of days for me personally, but um won't even get into that. I've been kind of fighting the cold and all that good stuff. you know, summer colds are always the best, but you know, I did want to get into what's really frustrating me. And um, the best way that I can surmise it, I just want to gather my thoughts for a little bit. I want to play this clip from the network, and I got one other clip from the network that I heard today that I was like, gosh, that's going to be perfect for the show. So check out, here's the first clip from the network, and then I want to elaborate on what's really got me upset and what should have everybody else upset. So take a listen. This is from the network.
2: I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. We sit watching our TVs while some local news newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this
1: anymore. Well, I'll be the first one to say it. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. This is absolutely ridiculous what's happened over the last week and a half. It has just been, in my life, it has been absolutely unbelievable to see the American public, as their country gets gutted, get hyped up about football. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. I like football as much as the next person. If my dollar wasn't getting devalued, my currency wasn't being you know, whispered about as being removed as a world reserve currency, which would induce hyperinflation, which would make you not be able to go buy football games, not be able to play the salaries of the football players – put us into a global depression, I would probably be okay with watching football. And it was funny, a friend of mine said today, he, he sent me a text message and he said that you know your radio show's on you know, during the football game tonight. And I said, well, that's kind of fitting. Because I know that a lot of you will probably sit there and you'll watch your football and think that somebody else is going to take care of these problems. Oh, we'll just elect a new president, and that'll take care of the problem. We'll elect Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney will get in there and take care of the problem. No, guys. This is we the people. This isn't them the politicians. Since when do we become a whole group of just slovenly, cowardly, disconnected buffoons? And that's what I feel like. I feel like that our whole society is getting into this trance state – where it, it really is mind control, and if you can't tell me it's not mind control, then I want to hear it. Is it is it that you're disinterested? And I hate when people say that, oh, I'm not really interested in politics because it doesn't really matter what I think. You know, if everybody has that collective attitude, you get what we got. And what we got is, well, we have a, a government that spies on us without warrants, which is unconstitutional – we have a government that tracks us wherever we go, via the cell phone in your pocket and the i p address on your computer. you have um let's see we have corruption on wall street shocker we have corruption between Wall Street and the federal government, special interests, all that good stuff. hey, vote for this and 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 we can do business or I can't vote no on that resolution because i've got i've got um I got stock in this company and it'll get affected. That's what we're facing. And as a public, we don't even care to be informed anymore. And it's crazy that I went to, I went to Jacksonville, Florida this weekend with my wife and we went down there and we, we had some fun and we went and played cards and sat at a, I sat at a poker table um, for a couple of hours and just started, you know, throwing feelers out to see who was awake and, and who wasn't, who paid attention and, and who, who isn't. And, one gentleman and I at the table started striking up a conversation about the John Corzine stuff and about how he's not getting in trouble not going to jail and all these things and um and I started getting into to my derivatives, you know, commentary about what derivatives are and how they could crash the global economy and how there's, you know, over 70 times the global GDP of derivatives out in the marketplace right now. And this one guy looked at me and he goes, "Man, you guys are boring the heck out of me." And And that's the general consensus I get from the population is that if if I'm informed and I know that GMOs are bad and I know that the government and Homeland Security buying 1.5 billion rounds of ammo, it's probably a good deal. I don't know what they're going to use it for, like an explanation for it, but it doesn't make the public feel any better when you go through on your next orders and start blacking out how many rounds you're buying. It doesn't make me feel any better. But yet – I'm the conspiracy theorist. I'm the one that's getting all upset over nothing, and you guys have heard the radio show before. I'm usually calm and reserved and i and I think that if I articulate well enough that that the people will understand and the people will start to start to make sense of what's going on and Then when I bring up to to my friends to to people, hey, have you heard about you know the new world order basically um global collectivism, global corporatism for the for lack of a better term. And they look at me like I'm crazy. So for all of you that think that us conspiracy theorists out there are are talking about a new world order like it's some fabricated figment of our imagina- collective imagination that we're just making all this garbage up because I don't know what the logic is behind it. Is, is it because you think we want to impress you? Look. I don't want to impress you. I want to save you. I want you to, to look at what's going on around you. I want you to look beyond six inches in front of your face. I want you to look beyond the Us Weekly magazine. I want you to look beyond the InStyle magazine. I want you to look past Juliana and Bill and the Kardashians and, and Snooky having her baby. I want you to look past all that crap. That's all there to distract you, and it's all there to distract you football is there to distract you. Granted, it's a great distraction, but understand when you go into the distraction, just say, okay, you know, I'm going to unplug. I'm going to plug into what we like to call the matrix. I'm going to plug into the matrix for a couple of hours. I'm going to watch a football game, but then I'm going to snap back into reality and say, hey, my country's in trouble. I got to do something. And I don't care what you do, but do something. Start a radio show. Start telling people, strike up conversation about, hey, isn't it kind of crazy that gas prices always go up around, you know, um anytime where there's a big holiday weekend like Labor Day or July 4th or anything like that, isn't that kind of crazy? And they'll just say, Oh, well that's what they do. It it it's it baffles me. So for all of you that that look at me funny or look at you know, people that talk like me funny about the New World Order, I got a two, two minute and ten second clip. Of probably, and I haven't counted them, so don't, you know, don't quote me on this. Probably eight to ten world leaders talking about how we need to bring in a new world order. And once again, it's global corporatism, global collectivism, where they make the rules outside of law, outside of all of it. That's why you're seeing the constitution get shredded, drones, all this stuff. That's why you're seeing it all come in because they know that you're asleep. They know that you're not paying attention. And they're just gonna say, you know, holy cow, look at this. It's kind of like the analogy that I made on one of my earlier shows, is that they take a penny from the till, and you don't say anything. So they're like, okay, well, let me take a nickel from the till, and you don't say anything again. So let me take a quarter. How about a dollar? How about five bucks? How about I just take the whole thing? And and the American public looks over and goes, oh, my God, it's Monday Night Football. Where'd the till go? What happened? What happened to my country? Where did my country go? Wait a minute. Why do I got to get patted down? Why do I have to have somebody stick a, a dipstick in my, in my drink that I just bought in the airport because it might have a bomb in it? Are you crazy? How did we let this happen? We're Americans. Freedom was supposed to be our mantra, and now we're land of the free, home of the slaves. You think that you're free, but you are not. You are a slave to the corporate machine. So here's the New World Order clip for those, you know, it still doesn't exist, even though we have got 10 or 12 world leaders saying they think it's time for one. The world that maybe some people dreamt of at that
2: conference back in Bournemouth when it looked as if maybe history would end, that liberal democracy would triumph, that free market economics would slowly progress, and we'd have a New World Order.
0: And together they helped to create, were the principal leaders in creating,
2: a new world order and a winning strategy in the Cold War.
3: We are part of a new world order. And as the recently departed Admiral William J. Crow once said, it's long on new and it's short on order
0: Walter Isaacson wrote a wonderful book about some of the wise men who helped shape the New World Order following the Second World War as we devise a way forward in Iraq
3: I urge the international community
2: to embrace its responsibility for creating that New World Order a new world order based upon collective action the transatlantic partnership was never just the foundation of our security it was the foundation of our way of life it was forged an experience of the most bitter and anguished kind out of it came a new Europe a new world order a new consensus as to how life should and could be lived. And just like that, it was gone. It was, the, it was a new world order. That's what President George H. Bush said. Harvard historian Francis Fukuyama pronounced
1: the end of history. Yeah. So, for those of you keeping the score at home, that was actually seven world leaders um tony blair was in there twice i think but so the new world order aka global collectivism and he even says it in there it's it's collective you know intervention so sovereignty goes out the window much like you see now with the uh with the un and uh, our president saying that and uh and the joint chiefs of staff saying that you know that um, the American public and Congress doesn't have the authority to send our troops off to war. That's um, if the UN creates a resolution or if they have a, a, a form a coalition and the coalition decides that they're going to put our troops in harm's way, then then that's fine. But Congress, you sit down there and shut up, and you just you know you take your bribes and, and vote how we want you to vote, and and everything will be fine, and you guys will be part of the new. The New World Order. And it's really that simple. And I mean, guys, they, they write books on this stuff. It's it's This is not something new. It's just global collectivism. It's putting everything under one bureau, bureaucratic control. The UN is going to run everything. They're going to control and command our military. They're going to bring foreign troops in, much like we TJ and I covered on the radio show uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, covering the UN Arms Treaty. Where they're going to bring in foreign troops to confiscate the guns and label all the ammunition and make sure you register them. So, if you guys don't want your sovereignty, that's cool. But guess what? I do. So, and and it's not fun giving up your sovereignty. Just ask the people in Greece. Just ask the people in Spain that were signed on to all this fake garbage that the bankers made up. Well, you know, we'll just sign the country on to the debt. That's fine. So you basically get held hostage by a bunch of by a bunch of guys in suits? What the hell? But you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles because once again, the American public won't see it until it's right in their face. They just really won't. And so I've got a couple of articles to cover here, and I do wanna cover one other thing from the network, and this'll really sum up what the New World Order is all about. And then I'll dive into the news and I'll expand a little bit because I do want to get into the TSA stuff because this is just getting out of control. And I see people post stuff on Facebook. Guys, Facebook is great. Oh, yeah, I got my political view out on Facebook. Do something. Quit being bystanders. Quit being those people that that talk a good game but never follow through and never do anything. If you're going to be a closer close, if you're going to be a sheep, be a sheep. But don't pretend like you're gonna be a patriot and don't pretend like you're gonna be a libertarian and don't pretend like you know what you know what free market economics is when you can't even tell me how our money's created. Do research, try to get involved, try to understand what's going on. Because if you don't help change it, nobody else is gonna save you. And then guess what? You're gonna to run to the government and you're gonna say, Oh, government, please save me. Well guess what? They ain't gonna save you because they're gonna be bankrupt too. Everybody could be bankrupt. That's what's so crazy, and nobody cares because football is on. It's so nice. so nice to go watch football. I can drink my Miller Lights and watch my football and have my nachos, and I get to go wake up and go to work tomorrow. Yeah, unless the dollar collapses, and then you don't get to go to work because uh, your job will be gone, and the money in your bank account won't be there because that's just debt that the bank owes you. Anyway, getting on a little bit of a tangent so here's the last clip from the network, and then I'll dive into the news, and I'll cover the TSA. I want to cover some economic stuff because I want you guys to really see what's happening over in Europe. Because, you know, for the most part, if I ask people on the street, and I might just do this for, you know, for, for laughs um, this weekend, just ask people what's going on in Greece and what's going on in Spain, and they'll probably tell me austerity, and they probably won't even know what austerity means. So here it is, a clip from the network
0: you get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their Councils of State, Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price-cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine, oppression or brutality. One vast and ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit, in which all men will hold a share of stock. All necessities provided, all anxieties tranquillized. ...all boredom... ...amused. And I have chosen... ...you... ...Mr. Beale... ...to preach this evangel. Why me? Because you're on television, dummy. Sixty million people watch you... ...every night of the week... ...Monday through Friday... I have seen the face of God. You just might be right, Mr. Beale.
1: So there you go. And you think that that little magic box that sits there with their people in their press suits and the girls with their pouty lips and their nice makeup reading a teleprompter really tells you what you need to know. You really think that, and a lot of Americans really do think that. They think that if I watch Fox News, that that's going to tell me what I need to know. They think if I watch CNN, that's going to tell me what I need to know. If I read Associated Press, that's going to tell me what I need to know. If I read Reuters or whatever those other mass publications out there are, that's going to tell me what I need to know. It's going to tell you a portion of what you need to know. The rest is up to you. The rest is up to you to go out there and discover it for yourself. What is humanity? What's our goal? What's our destiny? What is what is humanity's destiny? You know, I struggle with this from time to time because I get frustrated because I want to go out and I want to tell people exactly what I told everybody in the in the first 2 minutes of the show where you just you get angry. Because once you see I mean, once you see what is out there and what's being laid out, and, and the way that it's all coming to fruition, and the way that that it's methodically tracking down this this little path, and and you and you see the rats leaving some of the ships, and, and you look around and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's not adding up here. Something's really not adding up. Why why are they saying that? Well, why does why does Obamacare look like Romney Care? Why, why do they have? Why do they have very similar views up until a couple of years ago? Why why is it now that Mitt Romney's this completely different person than he was, you know, six seven years ago? Now I don't think that you know. Don't get me wrong. I I believe that people can change, and I believe that your your I i you know your ideas can change, and and your philosophies can change. But why would you want a salesman? But I think I I think I really do have the answer, and and it. This is gonna springboard me into into the the financial side of things. Then I wanna close with some some really creepy stuff when I close with the TSA and 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 close with the with the with the James Tyson stuff. And for those of you that don't know, James Tyson was was arrested on his way to protest the DNC because he was quote unquote driving without a license, but he was in the passenger seat from from what the report reads. And he was on a terror watch list for no reason. It's kind of like you're on a no-fly list for no reason. Hey, you can't fly. Well, why not? I don't know. They just got you on this list. It's like Obama's kill list. Oh, you're on the you're right here, number 25. You're on the list. Well, who, who makes the decision to put me on the list? I don't know. How do I get off the list? I don't know. This is what we've become. and And people accept that. That's what baffles me, you accept that. you accept the fact that that our president has a kill list, no judge, jury, nothing. you accept the fact that that you know, this guy could be put on a terror watch list for no reason, and he and he ask about it, and they're like, got yeah, nothing, man. I don't know how you get on there, but we just know you're a terrorist because this list says so. I mean, this is like stasi stuff, guys. This is creepy stuff. So let me get into—I kind of digressed there a little bit—but let me get into the to the ethanol stuff. Will springboard me into the economy. I'll backtrack into Ireland, Spain. What's going on in Spain? And then, and then I'll read you a couple excerpts from from the article that are that are probably gonna. It, it gave me chills, but you know. Most of the populations in such a trance, they won't even. They won't. Even, they probably already turned the show off by now. But anyway, here's the here's Max Kaiser breaking down the ethanol mandate that was um, that was in a, a big kind of controversy that I brought up a couple weeks ago, because um, some of the farmers, like the meat producer – or not meat producing, the the corn farmers that were that were giving their their corn to livestock and animals and stuff like that, had to meet their their subsidy requirements of like 30%, which most of them I guess was like 30% of ethanol production or corn production has to go to ethanol, and so they wanted to see if they could suspend that so that they could actually feed livestock and because there's such a severe drought and and actually keep the you know keep the the cows and chickens and, and hogs from dying so we could actually have you know food costs be relatively low. So here, here's Max Kaiser and Max Kaiser is a an economist. Um, He helped invent the um, the Hollywood trading system, and he runs his own report on RT, which is Russia Today. So here's his breakdown really quickly, and and I think it's hilarious because there's another breakdown of the Irish economy, which is what we see here. And it it really does parallel what you see in America. So here's the clip.
4: And across the nation are calling on the federal government to lift a mandate on the production of corn-based ethanol that they say is squeezing drought-devastated corn supplies and pushing up the cost of livestock feed. Some farmers fear the government's decision to promote alternative fuels by mandating the production of 13.2 billion gallons of corn-based ethanol this year is pushing the price even higher and could make feed scarce. Danville pork farmer David Hardin says, quote, a waiver would at least let the market determine who is going to buy the corn and at what price.
3: Look, America never graduated from the circus sideshow when it comes to politics. The geeks and the, the freaks uh, that are like a Mitt Romney who will promise anything, the city slicker, comes into the hazy town and offers all kinds of things to the people. You know, and they, and they never figured this out. They, they, these these Midwestern people always vote for this idiot from the city every time. It's a it's a guaranteed winner. You can't go lose. You know. You, you can't lose by by betting against the naivete of these Midwesterns. It works every time.
4: Well, here are, they're not naive because these guys are saying let the market decide what the price should be the government is introducing a mandate and saying this is what it is. So on the other side, when the government intervenes, Max, and provides uh, f- their favor in somebody, so let's look at who they're favoring with this, because there are some in the Midwest, We're very happy with this. Tipton corn farmer Alan Baird, he called the mandate one of the most significant things that has ever happened in his career because it helped his industry to overcome low corn prices, which were below $2 a bushel in parts of 2005. Corn now sells for about $8 a bushel. Baird sells thousands of bushels of corn, he says, about 30% of his production, to ethanol plants for fuel production. But, you know, the article points out, Max, the food prices are rising because of this. All the corn is being diverted according to a mandate to provide renewable energy. Um, in the meantime, it's creating winners and losers. The, the guys who are raising beef cattle are losing because they have to pay a lot more. They're having to compete with the corn ethanol guys who are receiving huge subsidies to make the ethanol. So they're creating winners and losers. In the meantime, the globe loses with the high food prices.
3: Well, the globe has been losing for decades because the American corn industry has received government subsidies for decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a result, uh, corn and corn syrup is 60% of all processed food, and you have 30% of Americans obese as a result. Healthcare skyrockets due to the subsidization of the corn industry. It's been going on for decades, and just because the ethanol is just a new variation on because they can't compete. Again, if, you know, if you're Murdoch or a farmer or you're putting out content, you know, try to compete once in America instead of always relying on
1: monopolies, the military, and mayhem.
3: All right, Stacey Herbert, thanks so much for being on the Kaiser Report. Thank
4: you, Max.
1: Don't go away. All right, so that was a quick breakdown of, you know, it was actually pretty spot on with American politics. It's like, um, you know, the people haven't woken up from their coma. They like They like the pageantry of the election. They like... They like the banter. They like the you didn't build that. Yes, we built that. I mean, completely taken out of context, but they're going to run with it because the sheep will just don't even care nor will they go research the fact that he didn't really even say that. He said a variation of that and then said what I'm The point is, and it was basically like like TJ broke down on the radio show, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, you know. If you, you know, if you got a free lunch, you didn't you didn't make that lunch, you know, somebody had to you know, somebody had to bake the bread. Somebody had to produce the plate. Somebody had to deliver the food to you know to the um, to the kitchen where it was prepared. All that stuff. So it, it's just it's just semantics at this point. We're we're basically a bunch of zombies walking through and listening to a bunch of propaganda. And that's why I chose that that lead in music, mind control, because it is it's it's a war for your mind. And the people that believe all this crap. It just astonishes me. And one thing that's interesting about the the gentleman that made the quote about, oh, back in 2005 my corn prices were two dollars, and now they're, um, you know, now they're eight dollars. Well, if inflation was set at five percent for those seven years, even if you did nothing, your your corn would be roughly five dollars and fifty cents, or six dollars. So the ethanol production gains you an extra $2 per bushel, which is actually good, but is it worth – this is what we run into. The conundrum is it is it worth sacrificing your fellow brethren for profit? The answer is no. But corporate America teaches the answer is yes. And every corporation teaches it because every corporation needs more and more money because they have to add more and more to the bottom line. That is the overall driving force of the American economy and the global economy is bottom line profit. Now, as soon as you can understand that, you can take a step back and say, well, where does profit come from? Who creates profit? And and and, and how do these giant hedge fund companies and how do these giant holding companies make all their profits? Well, they make all their profits off of your money. They take your money and make bets on it. And then if they screw up on the bet, then the government bails them out, which I broke down before on the derivative show a couple of weeks ago. If... If they mess up and the government bails them out, the quote-unquote bailout, is they sign you on to the debt. The Fed prints the money, gives the loan to the corporation, so the corporation doesn't crumble or to the bank, and then says, well, what do you guys pose as collateral? We pose the American people as collateral. Thanks for playing, everybody. But everybody just hears bailout, and they don't care because they just think that money just – it's like the collective psyche of the United States sometimes is, is a five-year-old child, and you believe that money grows on trees, and you can just always print more money. Well, you can if you're the world reserve currency. You can do that, but then you devalue your currency. You devalue every other currency in the world because it's all balanced off of this and balanced off of oil also. I mean it's so complex that I can't even get into it right now because it's, it's – I'm, I'm basically having a, a dialogue with myself to try to get you to understand it. But the real only way that you'll be able to understand it is you have to want to understand it. You have to want to understand what's going on. You have to want to i don't care if I give you one little tidbit today and it and it makes you think, "Wow, that sounds really odd. I wonder what makes that go and then you just go and and do research on your own and make sure to you know cross reference your facts, do double checks, you know always trust but verify as Reagan said. And then you'll start to get a really good idea of what's going on. This is not really complex stuff. You don't have to have a degree in this stuff, and that's an, a whole other scenario to get into. But here is what happened in in the Irish economy. Now in in Ireland, what happened was they got signed on to the euro debt, and then they. Oh, I'll just let I'll just let Max Kaiser explain it. But basically, they got a bunch of bankers convinced the convinced the the citizenry that they need to be. That there's there's basically fraud going on in the Irish government, right? There's there's a bunch of kickbacks and and crooked stuff going on, and people start calling them out on it, much like what's going on here in America. Is people are calling out the fraud, say, hey, the Federal Reserve is a fraud. Hey, some of these other things are frauds. All these you know all these zombie banks are frauds. They don't they don't do anything. They get they get money at the at the Fed from zero percent interest, and then don't lend it out to anybody, and then they just keep making money on it. They got all the money in the world, but they won't lend it to anybody. Because they don't make guaranteed profits off of that. So if you're a small business owner and you're wondering why you can't get a small business loan, it's because Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, or Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, all those guys are just holding on to your money because they get it from free from the Fed. And the Fed said they're going to keep interest rates at 0% until 2014. So they'll be able to get all the free fiat money they want, never lending it to you, never getting the trickle-down effect. That's why when Ron Paul said if you really want a stimulus, give the checks to the people. That stimulates the economy, then that, that gets people to go out and spend, it gets people to buy stuff, goods and goods start getting produced, all those other good things and and it's it's you you can't build and stimulate an economy from the top down. You can't do it. Because what's inevitably going to happen is people are just going to money grab and they're just going to hang on to it and they're going to give all their all their buddies banker bailout money and they're going to they're going to give all after I remember after the um uh, after the AIG scandal and Goldman Sachs and all that stuff, they they even paid out their bonuses and they said, Well, we can't, you know, we can't let our guys go because they'll go to the other companies, they'll go to the competitors, so we have to pay them their bonuses. And the American public just sat there and said, Well, at least football's on. Hey, look, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. It's getting really sick, guys. And if you listen to this broadcast and you think that I'm a quack, well guess what? In six months, if you still got a country, you should be really, really glad. Because this this fiscal cliff that we're looking at is no joke. Ron Paul says it's the scariest thing. He says there's probably nothing that we've ever faced like this ever. And the guy's not going to lie to you. He's just going to shoot you straight because he didn't get re- re- invited to speak at the Republican National Convention with all the other you know fat cat bigwig suit wearing you know lobbyists. God, they just drive me crazy. They're just, a bunch of, they're just a bunch of repeaters. They're just a bunch of repeaters that will say anything to get a voter, get a, get a crowd riled up, because if they're on the winning team, they feel like they've done something. And they haven't done anything. You've helped destroy this country. That's great. You all get up there, and you all talk about the same stupid stuff. You never talk about stuff that has any substance whatsoever. You just keep talking in circles, and then... And then the Democratic Convention is going on right now, and they're going to sit there and talk in circles too. And, and then they're going to take one talking point from it, just like, just like the Republican National Convention. You're going to have these, these sheeple that will take one talking point from it. They'll come into the water cooler tomorrow, and they'll say, well, did you hear the speech on this? And I, I really like this idea. Really? What do you like about it? Well, it just sounds good. Well, the Patriot Act sounded good, and that's very patriotic. Oh, wait, that means you can spy on us without warrants? That means that every communication goes through a, a grid in the central office of every communications provider, and, and the government's got back doors to get in there to, to hack into it and listen to it? Which is what Rupert Murdoch got caught doing, tapping cell phones and all that stuff? Huh. Well, it, it sounded good, though. Okay, so so here's the breakdown on the Irish economy. And then I'm going to get into the TSA and, and then the James Tyson thing. And then I'm going to get into the show.
3: Terrorists are missed. Sean Fitzpatrick is a terrorist. He's taking over our banking system. We need to get, put Sean Fitzpatrick in Guantanamo. No, Bertie O'Hearn was up there in front of his Irish compatriots uh, justifying the wholesale rape of his country.
4: Thanks, Bertie. Well, you know, there's mass hunger, desperation, poverty. People having to force to leave Ireland because Bertie Ahern was telling people to commit suicide. In fact, people are now committing suicide because at the time Bertie Ahern was telling the journalists, the people who were speaking up about the fraud in the system, he told them to commit suicide. And notice that the industry, the mainstream media in that moment with him were laughing. <laughs> Uh, yes, tell those naysayers who want to pop our bubble that they should go commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Paul Morrison said,
3: the uh, top regulator at HBUS turned whistleblower, that 100 million people have been put into poverty as a result of Bertie Ahern and the financial crisis starting in 2007. Many will die. Many millions will die. And they're laughing about it. They're laughing about this financial holocaust. They think it's a joke.
4: So, you know, here on the show, we also cover the fact that these same guys, Bertie Ahern, when Normal people out there are saying, you know, there's something going wrong with our financial system. There's manipulation and fraud in our financial markets. This property bubble this must be based on fraud because there's no way for the incomes to sustain that debt. And he tells those people to go commit suicide. So when the top, when those 1% that he helped, let's see what happens when these guys become negative and down on what the government is doing. MPs' anger over G4S damaging to economy. One of G4S's largest shareholders has warned that the aggressive response of MPs to the Olympic security shambles put recovery at risk by discouraging businesses to come to Britain. Neil Woodford, investment manager at Invesco Perpetual, which owns approximately 5% of G4S's shares, said that the verbal dressing down delivered to Chief Executive Nick Buckles at last month's Home Affairs Select Committee meeting was like watching a medieval persecution. If this is the new way parliament wants to treat business please parliament don't be surprised when businesses decide this isn't the country for them
3: well first of all this phrase recovery put the recovery at risk there is no recovery in the uk there is a balance where bankers stole a few billion quid but the employment picture has gotten worse the economy is contracting and the GDP is shrinking. There was no recovery. There was a, a, a quantitative easing by the Bank of England that was, stolen, that was put in the pockets of a few bankers. They can call that a recovery. And then second of all, this, com- this crazy, wacky defense contractor is it just another shyster bleeding the economy dry. You don't need all that that nonsensical product that they're selling. Get rid of those people. That would save the economy immediately.
4: So let's look on to another very close oligarch of the UK political system. Let's look at how he reacts to competition.
1: Yeah, I mean, for those of you that listen to my show on the on the G4S, you know, he talks about, the, oh, the bad publicity. No, if you guys would have done the security right in the first place and wouldn't have hired a bunch of nimrods off the street and had security breaches everywhere where a guy, had reported on how many security breaches they had and said they were going to turn the scanners off when when there was going to be a mass rush to get into the stadium and stuff you know that's you know that's the government's fault. The government did that. you shouldn't mess with our ability to make profit now believe me i I'm all for the government not picking winners or losers, but we're well beyond that now we're We are so far down that rabbit hole it'll make your head spin, and as soon as you start looking into it, following the money. It's over. Just just go ahead and just think about it like this. We are a corporatist America. We're not the United States of America. We might as well just be the corporation of America. Might as well. Because there is nothing that you can do in Congress against the big business, against the big money machines, just like – I mean, it's just like Eisenhower warned us about. I mean, if you don't control the military-industrial complex, if you guys don't have an informed public, this game is over. And now what's happened is you've got a bunch of oligarchs and a bunch of really, really smart bankers that have found out the ways that they can manipulate the system and create all these fraudulent instruments in order to get people houses. And then you got Bill Clinton removing Glass-Steagall and all of that stuff. And they, they didn't even test the instruments. They're just like, well, we think that these will work. Instead of sticking to a 30-year fixed mortgage, which everybody knows will work because it's been proven over such a long period of time, they just throw these financial instruments out there and say, well, in theory, this is going to work. And what they don't account for is that a bunch of shysters are going to go in there looking at bottom line profit and try to ha- figure out how they're going to increase increase their, um, increase their check. Increase their commission check by sending out all these loans that these people know they are not qualify for. But then they'll say, well, if we, if we get a bunch of people to sign on to these loans we know they're not going to qualify for, what can we do? Well, we can we can package them all up and sell them to somebody else. Sweet. We'll do that. And that's what they did. They played a big game of hot potato. And then at the end, it just all comes crashing down because the housing market couldn't sustain it. Much, exactly like what happened in, in Ireland. Exactly. And you had people like – People like me, people like you know, friends of mine that were saying, you know, hey, um, how how can you afford a six hundred thousand dollar house? You only make forty five thousand dollars a year. Oh, it's an arm. So I, and then then they show me the calculation. I was like, so that doesn't make any sense. So they're like, well, you know, housing it will go up like ten percent over the next three years. I can just sell it then, and it'll keep going up and up and up and up. And that was the theory. That was the theory that these people were using because you got sold something, and now look at all these people that are bankrupt. They, they can't find jobs, and, and everybody's looking around going, "Where are the jobs?" And then you have somebody that steps in and says, "Well, the government can create jobs." Well, no, they can't. Government can create government jobs. It can't create private sector jobs. Can't create jobs that will stimulate the economy. You can do things that'll 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 stave off a recession, but you can't do anything that will allow economy to flourish. There's too much phony money out there. There's too many things out there. And so what, what really happens? What happens when when a company goes bankrupt? What happens when a company, or a, com- a company, good gosh, I might as well just refer to us as the United States company, but what happens when a country goes bankrupt? Well, here's what happens. So this is a headline from our article today. It says the EU says the Greeks should work a six-day work week minimum oh excuse me they say well you should work a six-day work week and you should have a maximum of 11 hours off between shifts and you know that's part of the bargain you guys signed on we told you we would bail you out basically we're going to steal the money again but we're we're going to help you meanwhile nothing gets better everything gets worse as anybody that's seen all this bailout crap before understands it Anytime you give a bunch of banks, central banks, a bunch of money, it, it's not going to help the people. It's just going to help the investors. So things deteriorate even faster, and then you have – this gentleman at the very end of the article is a really good article actually. just basically breaks down what's going on over there, and it says, on Wednesday, Manfred Newman, a professor of economics from the Institute of Economic Policy at the University of Bonn, told – CNBC that Greece needs to leave the euro and reintroduce its own currency to get it back on its feet ha ha we have a winner why will that work Jake well you won't be signed on to other countries debt which is what the euro does it signs everybody on to this massive debt through the <clears throat> through European banks and so <clears throat> if you get rid of the euro basically make yourself a clandestine economy again then you have the ability to rebuild. Yes, your money's not going to be worth as much as it was, but you're not going to have people eating out of garbage cans like they are in Spain. And that's another headline that came out today. Spain Spanish raid food markets for food. This is really going on, people. People in America, wake up. This stuff is going on and it's coming here. And you could sit there and go, ah ha 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 and you wait till you wait till I read the last two paragraphs of this article and they'll go, Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so so these Spaniards that had lavish cars, lavish lives, you know, eating out, all that good stuff, nice houses, nice cars, it says, Spaniards are eating out of garbage bins, and most of them senior citizens have become a common sight in Spain and in other European countries while they have been em- while they emerged to look for ways to help themselves. And it's, it goes on to say, and this is directed to you, American population… This morning we learned that 46.7 million Americans – a new record, by the way – are receiving government nutrition food-assisted benefits. Yeah, food stamps. Why? Why do you not see all the people on food stamps? Oh, because they're on EBC cards, because they're on little credit cards, because you just can't see the people lined up in soup kitchens, and that's part of the fraud is that everybody in the recession knew it was a recession. Everybody in the Depression knew it was a recession because you could just drive by the soup kitchens and see all the people lined up around the corner to eat. It doesn't happen anymore. Now it's digital. Now you can just go up there and swipe a card and get your stuff. And there's some big fraud coming out that people were getting like $50 cash back going and buy booze and cigarettes and stuff like that. I've seen stuff like that before. I've worked at a grocery store before. People come in and use the EBT card to buy a bunch of groceries and go out and get an Lexus. This is a joke. Need to know how to work the system. I'm not going to hate them for working the system, but hey, man, that's my tax dollars. Those are your tax dollars. Those are people that work. I mean, uh, those make a living, pay taxes, pay, you know, and not consumption taxes like pay FICA and all that other garbage. That's our money. That's going to them so they can buy cigarettes and booze. Come on. So anyway, back to the article, and it says that. um, so far, the troubles that we're seeing in Spain and other European countries are not just limited to the other side of the world or ocean, they're happening right here at home. Yes, they are. And much like what I said just a second ago, you just can't see it because it's on the EBT card. In Spain, there have been in a few short years, people, or excuse me, let me restart. In Spain, just a few short years ago, people were living the high life, expensive homes, expensive cars, luxury vacations, and dining. Sound familiar? ever-expanding credit limits, and not a worry in the world. And that was just a few years ago, just to show you how fast this stuff can deteriorate. The same people who would have laughed in your face five years ago when you told them the economy was going to collapse and their country would face massive debt and default that would leave them in a major population, the majority of their population, excuse me, in poverty. Those same people are rummaging through garbage cans in hopes that they will find some bread, rice, vegetables, or something to put on their dinner tables. So that's it. That's the big secret. But you you don't hear about the big secret here. Because if you tell the population there's something wrong, then the population will revolt. The population will get scared, they'll get nervous. What do you, what do you mean we won't be able to eat? What do, you, what do you mean I won't get my Social Security check? You'll get it, but bread will be $10, a, a loaf, and, and, and coffee will be 20 and just major inflation. So, I mean, not to scare you guys, but I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of, of, of watching 90% of the people walk around like everything's A-OK, and we are just peaches right now. And we're staring down the barrel, literally staring down the barrel of a tank. Tank's engines running. The, th- the barrel swivels over, puts us, points us right in our face, and we just sit there and look at it. it. It is absolutely amazing what's going on in this country. And you try to tell people about it, and they just, oh well, what can I do? What can you do? Really? I thought you were an American. You could speak out. Oh, no, it can't protest because that's low-level terrorism. And that's one of the articles I did want to get into before I wrap the show up. So – and you can find this all over the web. It's probably going to go viral, and it should go viral because this is just crazy land. We have now officially gone into Kookyville. Man listed as terrorist over traffic violation. Now, this is James Tyson – who was listed as a terrorist over a traffic violation to prevent him from protesting at the DNC. The traffic violation was he was driving with a suspended license when he was in the passenger seat. That's what the report claims. I haven't read it yet. So, so he was arrested on Sunday and set to a $10,000 bond for not having his driver's license. And basically they told the judge, hey, you, this guy's going to go protest. You do not let him out. And a judge let him go. He's like, "This is this is crazy, but this is this is literally like the NDAA stuff. We don't have a reason. You just we just black bag in. You sit in this cell until we tell you you can leave. That's not America, people. That is not America, not the country I grew up in. Gosh, this is getting so creepy. And and the sheep will just line up for this stuff. It is amazing. So." Where did all this stuff come from? Oh, and he had no clue how he ended up on the terror watch list. None of he said he n- never committed a crime, no no criminal record, nothing. So, well, how did this happen? And this goes back a couple of years ago, 2009, I think it was, where the DOD released a trading manual that, um, gosh, who was it that came out against it? Was it, um, uh, Gosh. I can't even remember who spoke out against it, but this was all over the news. And basically in the new training manual, one of the questions – this is crazy. Get ready for this. One of the questions was, which of the following is an example of low-level terrorism activity? Attacking the Pentagon? mm mm-hmm. IEDs? mm mm-hmm. Hate crimes against racial groups, Mm -hmm. or protest? And the correct answer was protest. Yeah, you heard me right, everybody. Protest was the correct answer to which of the following is an example of low-level terrorism. Not which of the following is an example of your First Amendment right. Doesn't say anything about a violent protest doesn't say anything about it. it just says protest boom oh well if you protest <laughs> that's terrorism it's getting kind of crazy out there everybody just letting you know so how crazy has it gotten well we're at the point now where the TSA can actually walk around in the terminals there's video of this on it's all over the news on YouTube I'll put it on the website We are not wearenotcattle.net so you guys can look at it because, remember, trust but verify. Anything that I bring up on here is documented. You can research it. I'll make shortcuts, hyperlinks to it on the website, make it easy for you because I wanted this to be a forum to wake people up, to get people involved, to get people going, just to get people to ask questions. Holy cow, wouldn't it be great to just ask a question? Why? Why are you doing this? So anyway, the TSA is going around doing random drink tests now. And if you think I'm joking, once again, go find the video. They'll come up to you, and you'll have a Starbucks cup in your hand, something you bought in the terminal after you passed the security checkpoint. They're going to come up to you, and they're going to put like a little droplet on on this little um, – it's like it's like a little pH stick or something like that. And they're just going to dip it in your drink, and they're going to look at it. And they're going to go, oh, it's not a bomb. Okay, you're good. Good little slave. Good job. And and there's video – they're doing it to everybody, and nobody says anything. I would probably pour my drink on the floor and go, what in the hell are you guys doing? Really? You want to test my drink? I just bought it over there. Go test all of them. I'm going to stand here and watch you test them all. I'll miss my flight. I mean, just absolute lunacy. So where does it start? The TSA starts, oh, they're in the airports. You're going to walk through the metal detector. Everybody goes through the middle of the detector. Then, they had an underwear bomber. Admittedly got onto the plane by the government. We don't know which faction of the government, sharp-dressed man, gets a guy on the plane. And now we have to put our hands inside your waistband. And I've already told my story about that. putting extremely uncomfortable. You feel like you're going into jail. Really creepy. So, they got to put your hands in your waistband. Now, you got to take your shoes off because of Shoe Bomber. You got to take that off. Now, we got to test your drinks. Do we see a pattern here, people? Eventually, you are either going to be naked walking through this stuff, or they're going to have some kind of new edge body scanner to come out that's going to penetrate all the way through your bones. And the ones they have now, admittedly, already given people cancer. Admittedly. Well, not really. Admittedly, they said, "Well, no." The, um, you know, they they came out and said that, the, that these things are, are are safe. And I can't remember which um, which research institute they they quoted. But then the institute later came out and said, "We never told you that." Who said these things were safe? Like, well, it's you know, low level radiation. You get low level radiation everywhere. You get it from the sun. You get it outside. You get it from granite countertops. I mean, come on. So what does this all mean? It means that if you don't wake up, you're going to be in, literally in a prison system. It is going to be, as Alex Jones so poignantly named his website, it's going to be a prison planet. You can have RFID chips. What well, they already tried that on the book bags and these kids in Texas. Go look that up; it'll blow your mind. They had RFID chips on their bags, saying, "Well, you need these RFID chips when you come into school, and we're not going to turn them off when you go home, so we can track you. Because you don't have cell phones yet, because you're too young, so we got to know where you are." I mean, people, this is America. This is not Soviet Russia. This is not Nazi Germany. We don't need blue shirted people patting us down at the airport that have not, that have admittedly not stopped any terrorists. Any. TSA has not stopped any terrorists. We don't need that. We don't need them running checkpoints. We don't need them at high school proms. We don't need them on the buses. I had a clip. I had a clip right here with the TSA we're going to get on the buses in Austin. And people were talking about, well, it's probably a good thing. It will make me feel safer. No, 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 no. No. You do not sacrifice liberty for security. You get neither. History teaches you that. You get nothing. You get Soviet Russia. You know what you get? You get to run out there in front of the pit and hold your hands up and you get machine gun. That's what you get. If you don't fight for liberty, if you don't fight for individual freedom, if you don't fight for not – and I don't mean physically, guys. I mean in the information war, if you don't get out and tell people, and if we don't all rally together and say, this is stupid. We're not five-year-olds. You don't need to hold our hand as we walk to the airplane. There is some inherent risk in living, people. As soon as we all realize that and discover our humanity again, we'll get the We'll get through this stuff. But as of right now, we need to wake up. That's all I got for you guys tonight. Tune in next Wednesday, nine o'clock. Remember, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. And get informed and love liberty, everyone.